Hi, and welcome to the 132nd episode of the Keen Minds podcast, where we cover NBC's The Blacklist. I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Saigo. And I am Tessa. And we know we missed last week, sorry about that, guys, but we are handling the Skinner, the conclusion episode, which is 902, and then following our discussion on the Skinner, we will go into 903, which was the SPK. Yes. So and let's start with the Skinner conclusion. Well, how did you like the Skinner, including the kiss? <sighs> okay, so I feel like we can kind of cover both in this response. He's gotten really snoggy lately. Like, two out of the three episodes, Red's locking lips with folks. And I'm just well, like, this is not normal. The second one sound, looked to me like the Judas kiss. Maybe. It Maybe, didn't... but it just, it was just kind of odd because he's, as sensual as Red is supposed to be, and I mean, it's James Spader playing him, so I mean, like, it, it's well cast for that, like, I mean, he's supposed to be a ladies' man. For as much of a, as that character is, we don't, we don't see him snogging someone every episode. It's, every once in a while he'll run into someone, he'll have a moment, but this is, Two-thirds of the episodes so far, he's been locking lips. I just thought it was kind of odd. Added to the list of oddities, which is piling up high. So many. I mean, we've got a bonfire going here, and it's going to be big. Mm. Uh, (laughs) So I felt, at at the end of the Skinner conclusion, I felt like it was... I felt like the dialogue was better, but if they had combined... Skinner 1 and Skinner 2, it would have been so much better. But they that's the reason it was so bad in the first one, is it was stretched out to Kingdom Come, and it didn't need to be. The villain was cool. The idea was cool. Everything that they were working with, they just fell short because, again, they overstretched themselves. And that's been a complaint season-wide for a while now. Well... I gotta say, they could have avoided that scene with let's hold hand and remember Liz. I'm still <laughs> cringing every time I see it. I mean, uh, unless there was a whole different part of reality that was not season 8B, she was trying to blow Red up and almost blew herself and Red and Wrestler and stole Dynamite or whatever it is um yeah i mean let's remember liz fondly i get it it's a friend and she went into a bad spill but when people go into that kind of bad spill that include almost taking down two planes full of people generally people don't hold hands and remember them fondly yeah but that wasn't in the second half so i mean that that we've covered that so that's that's the the part where i where it came from however I gotta say, you know, on a general thing, I'm not excited. I'm not making uh, theories, but I did have this weird thought that popped in my head watching um, the Skinner, and it began in in the first part, and I ignore it as, boy, you're just reaching. I mean, you're just reaching here. But then we got to part two, and here I am on the same thought. And we got to part three, and I'm still on the thought. And so this is the thought. 
you remember how, you know, it all seems so aleatory, you know, Red is looking, it's in, in, in Cuba or somewhere in there, he's having this fun time with the egg lady and Weecha, the magic shooter, and and then Dembe is working on something that puts him in a direct line of collision with the Skinner. And as a result of this entire episode that I agree should have been one, what's the, what happens? Red is the next Skinner. Red ends up with an army behind him. A very organized, ruthless organization that it's basically best, better than what he had built, plus whatever he had built and the people he had he had and all that. So as I was seeing that second one, it got very, very strong, this feeling that somebody was manipulating things and putting Red in a direct path of becoming the next Skinner. And the person that comes to mind is Katerina, that she is the puppet handler here. And somehow Dembe got into a case that was related to the Skinner that ended up having Red come in and voila, there he is, the next Skinner. It all seemed a bit convenient to me. So it felt like either we're getting extremely lazy here or B, there is an, an unseen hand that is playing that is using these players as pawns in order to get Red to get his butt back to work and arm him, put him in a, a, the command of an army. So I have a couple of things to say on that. Um, the first is my reaction to him becoming the head of the Skinners. If they had appropriately tied the ball, more on on board with this but we had the cabal he joined the cabal then he ended up losing everything and it's like the cabal never existed they just it just went away unless off into the distance i at this point from where we honestly in the the way i view this show and the only way i'm going to get through this show at this point is season eight was the end of the blacklist season nine is the first episode of a reboot of the spin-off spin-off reboot what have you i mean usually you have you know a decade between a show and a reboot or something but no they, they've just rebooted it the next year um we'll see if they're able to do it once upon a time on abc tried it they got one season out of it and they were done um they had a very very clear ending that wrapped it up very nicely they got greedy i don't know uh what have you they, they decided to go another season not sure why and it was okay but it was that, that's it. it it wasn't the same show and that's i they may go season upon season of blacklist who knows but this is not the same show as we've been watching so for me the uh, the theories they're starting from scratch I, i've got a clean board because i i just don't think we're going to tie too closely and because the the key the center to the theories previously 
was who is red to Liz? Who mm -hmm. is Liz to red? It doesn't matter anymore. She's gone. What do you have? And, mm, yeah. And I am so angry, angry, livid at the way they've approached Agnes to this. Um, we can get into that when we do the, the 903. But back back on to the, the Skinners. I found it like they were trying to have a mulligan for the Cabal. Well, that got lost in the shuffle, so we want him to have a big organization. Let's create something, in which with Blacklisters, you're always creating something new. I mean, that, that has been there for... But he wasn't like, the head of the Cabal. No, but he had a seat at the table, and it... Yeah, he had like a seat at the table that didn't last long. Well, we never got a, and it's done. We never got anything. It just went away quietly. And for as big as that bad was, it was absurd that it went away quietly. And I, I think it just rubs me wrong that they never tied that up. And yet here we are, and he's he's magically the head of this new organization. We'll see. I I, I may find a way to make it make sense in my head, but as it to stands, me, that, it really that makes me. perfect sense because if I don't think the cabal went away. See, I there is two ways of looking upon season nine. It's either that, which is what you've said, that a lot of people have said this is just a reboot. This is just the same characters, and they just decided to keep going. Um, I was more or less on that boat. However, um, this morning I woke up. And when you're in like this kind of between sleep and awake, I usually get these ideas. And occasionally they're insane. But generally, they are actually quite good. Uh, it's a state I respect deeply because it's like you're you're not really awake. So it's kind of like going on your subconscious on the things you you kind of pick up. I, I have CFS, so I live in that state. So I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, OK. Yeah, you know. um, well, I only get a little bit of that, which is waking up in the morning and this morning i woke up and i and i had I, I was going on about my peeve of dembe as a as an agent i just can't pass it i just cannot it's just like it doesn't i don't even see what's going on because all i'm thinking is how can dembe be an agent it's the only thing in my head then this morning i woke up and I suddenly had this image again, and I was again thinking about it because we were recording the podcast today and thinking about that, and suddenly it came to me. The show opens with, must be good to be back home, sir. And I always felt that Red was an FBI operative, covert operative. Uh, that, and if he was, what's to say that Dembe's wasn't either, too? That he is not that he became an agent, it's just he, he went out of being a covert agent into a an agent. I mean, we do have 
a lot of things that are weird. I mean, in two years, it's not enough to finish. To I mean, he has a, a, a college degree, but to be a field agent, that's a lot of time. Um, Especially so, when for six months he was undercover. Yes. I believe he and his partner were undercover for six months. Yeah. So it's it just stretching things. And then the second thing that had been running in my head is it's what I call alternative theory, like alternative universe, but it's not. There, there is a sense that, oh, OK, so this seem to be dead and they seem to be this thing. Um, and we so everything that happened in season a B, it's real because we're back in the same thing. But we have a point of departure. The last moment where season eight made sense, which is where Liz disappears from Anne's house. And we have the moment in which she dies. And everybody seemed to agree that she died. So we tend to think that whatever happened really happened as we saw it. But there is a bunch of other things that could have happened because that season didn't make any sense. I mean, it was like a total nonsense where nothing fit with nothing. Even within the same episode, it was like, what, they they just forget what they just wrote? Unless it's not that, unless it is simply, you know, that Liz was hallucinating or something. But Agnes is now 11. Agnes was six. Now Agnes is 11. So is that a reboot? Possibly. But it could also be that things are not as we saw them happening, even though the end result ended up being the same. And they end up as Liz died and Agnes is now 11. And it's also that there is like drawings in the refrigerator that cannot be Agnes. An 11-year-old girl is not painting those things. So it just makes something weird going on. Like, I cannot put my finger in it. But it feels like it feels like when you have a dream that looks like something that happened, but it's not exactly that. And when you wake up from that dream, you're kind of confused between what is that really happened, your dream or the reality. It, it happens a lot when somebody has died and you just and you've had a dream with them and you it kind of takes a bit to kind of come back and think what is real and what is not. So that seems to me that is a possibility in here because there is way too much weird stuff. Really, Red is still hallucinating in Cape May. He never came out of it. This is still one long ass Cape May hallucination. Uh, you're, now you're making fun of my hallucination thing. No. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, Everybody else does. I, you know, you know, I have respect for the amount. Like you, you put so much into these theories, and I don't always agree with them, but I always respect the paths you take for them. I, I think at this point, I've, I've gotten to the I don't trust the writers anymore. And I don't say that as like, I hate their writing as we discussed on our last episode. I know the quality that they can work at. And so after seeing the way last season ended and the beginning of this season, I just, 
I don't trust the the twists and turns like I used to. And I hope I'm proven wrong. Because it's... I mean, I'm, I'm hoping I prove right because otherwise it's going to be a very long year. <laughs> very yeah, long. Yeah, it's... I... I think it's a lot more fun when you can trust that there'll be good twists and turns, that there'll be the emotional payout at the end of it. Yeah. As it stands right now, the emotional it's payout is not the appropriate amount. <laughs> we are in the deficit It's, it's zero because... <laughs> yeah, yeah, like they, they owe us some emotional stuff here. <laughs> I mean, um, okay, I made my peace with, with Weecha. I, I mean, she's badass. Thank God the robbing the egg robbing lady um it's not around i know that it's a form of divination and all that but oh please it's so weird um it it just it just uh but i felt that in the second episode it it got better i mean red was seemed to be finding his own thing and i definitely adored the old lady the captain she was awesome. Oh, she, she was, was badass. Oh yes, yes, yes. Huh? The captain was fantastic. Yeah. I yeah that she was. Let, let's hang out with her for a second because I feel like this is something we can get excited about. As, as many complaints as we've had lately, she, the captain was just this shining gem in all of this. That I went, oh, it's the blacklist. <laughs> it's it was that moment that I mean she and Red played well off of each other. It was she was just she was fun. She was so much fun and so dangerous. I don't know who the actress is, but she was phenomenal. Yeah, she I mean was that great. that took a very that took a very specific actress to be able to pull all that off, and she did it by leaps and bounds. So kudos to who created her. Kudos to the actress for pulling it off. It was. I really enjoyed the captain. Yeah, she was she was terrific, and I love the fact that they went back to this red the ladies man. First he sleeps with the wife of the. I mean, it's it, it, it's almost like were you trying to get into the Skinner's underpants or something like that? First is the wife of one, and then this other one is yeah, no tongue, no chapter. Um. <laughs> So it's, it was, it was, I, I also enjoyed, I was just saying, I also enjoyed the, as much as Red fanboyed over the captain, the captain fangirled over him. Mm-hmm. Like it was these, it was the meeting of these two criminal masterminds and they're like, you, <laughs> you're you, I love you. Now give me tongue, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why not? <laughs> It was, that whole scene was a lot of fun. Um, it, it was odd, but it was fun. Um, I, I just, overall with her, was fun. And I love when, the final scene when Red gets the tattoo. Yeah, that's, I, I was. And then Panna Baker. I mean, we can't forget oh. that we have, anytime we have Panna Baker. And Panna Baker wasn't even talking to him. Like, he wasn't there. He was talking to, to Cooper. It looked like one of those people. You know when you have a fight with with a, a very good friend and you're like, I'm not talking to you. So you talk to the third person through that. It looked just like that. Do people actually do that? I always thought oh, that was just yeah. a TV thing. Oh, okay. Um, but my favorite part of Panna Baker 
was that ending scene. Because what did that remind you of? Of him being in the home, waiting for her as she walked in. How people are saying that it reminds him of Diane Fowler, but it, did, it didn't oh. uh, see, it didn't hit that note for me. It did for me. When, when she walked in, all I could think of was when she was introduced and that she told Cooper that they had a long, I don't remember the exact quote, but she said they had a long line of people in her position ending up dead, disappearing. And she said, I'm not going to be one of them. And she walked in and there was that whole scene set and I went, oh, interesting. Okay. See, I, I've heard that from a lot of other people. And I got to say, yes, the setup, yes. Red is sitting in his in her home waiting for her. It's a power it's a power trip. And we, we've talked about this with Red before, that he enjoys and that show of houses in, and waiting for them. Yeah. And he did it to Liz all the time. But Liz, also, he and Liz had a different relationship. It was irritating with her. For people like Panna Baker, people like that dude that he was sitting on his bed. I can't remember the guy's name. Oh, but the, the Simpleton? That was one of the best scenes ever oh, in Red. The Detective um, Simpleton. The one that ends up dead. And he's talking about the mattress and is that a, yes. a coil or a... Yeah. And, and the guy's like, this is surreal. Um, yes, that one. But when he does stuff like that, it, it's a power play. I mean, if, if a person walks into their home and someone is waiting for them especially if they're armed but i mean honestly but if, if a dude is just waiting for you when you're home that you don't know he wasn't that, even armed uh, it's she knows enough about him that she knows he was it was an aggressive tactic that is a show of power and it was just a very interesting thing for me panna baker having said what she said i i don't necessarily think it's her he was waiting part. for a call for something and he after that went to see panna baker so well, I don't know what was that. I, I don't think it's necessarily a guarantee for death warrant. I think that he knew what it was going to come across as. Well, but it was interesting. It was interesting. But one thing specifically that I had for this one that was incredibly frustrating for me, and I... My guess is you probably have a different angle on it just because of the way we view the two characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but Red's response to Wrestler. When Ress walks in and Red's just sitting, I think at Liz's desk, but in the office. And he has the audacity to say, just go slowly, it'll come. And Wrestler asked him, what'll come? Red says, I don't know, whatever it is, tomorrow, I suppose. It just, Red knows that Wrestler blames him for Liz's death. Whether you think that that he legitimately is responsible for it or not, that's kind of out the window. He knows that Wrestler blames him. And so what an odd and tone-deaf approach that he took, which I think is perfectly in character for him, don't get me wrong. But it seemed incredibly tone-deaf for him to walk in there with absolutely nothing to actually offer him. It was a very empty statement. But he just needed to insert himself there. And I just, I found myself rolling my eyes so hard. Well, what would you write that scene? I, I I'd say that you're writing that scene. What's the objective of the scene? What, what, you, what are you looking to, to say there? 
if you were writing that scene as that? My guess is that Red didn't have the words. And it may have come across exactly But that was not what came across. And and you cannot not say me. that Spader is not is not saying is not doing what the what the writers say that that the scene is about. So that's what I'm asking you. You're writing that scene, and that's a scene that comes across. That's a scene that you write, and that's exactly the scene you wanted to write. What's that scene doing? So whatever you think that that scene is about, it's not what you think it's about. Yeah. Because you don't know. And you're very good analyzing <laughs> the reasons to have a scene. And each little piece of writing is there to convey an important piece of information about that story. Oh, I'm aware. Well, I'm hmm? aware. I mean, it's it's coveted real estate, each each line, especially in a show like this. So you got 43 I, I minutes. So why you waste? And that was must have been at least a 90 second scene. Yeah, it just, and maybe it's an emotional response for me, but it was just incredibly frustrating because it was an empty platitude that he didn't offer wrestler anything. And maybe he didn't have anything to offer because he doesn't know. He's just sort of going through the motions. I think that, and I don't, I'm still kind of on the, on the edge with that thread. Once again, I think that he's just fallen into doing what he does because what else is he going to do? Well, my take, very different, mm -hmm. is... Uh, I know it would be. That scene, if the story is... If, if what really happened is what we saw in AB, that makes zero sense there. It, it has nothing. It's a scene that makes no sense whatsoever. And it's not the only scene. I don't have them in my head right now, but... This idea that this mythology has an ended and all that, it's coming from all those little things that are jarring notes. Every time you think, okay, so this is a reboot and this is what we get. And then you get a scene like that and you go like, no, that's not it. Because that doesn't make any sense. Not wasting time. There is a ton of different scenes without James Spader that you could put in there and it would be just a nice waste of time. If you, that's what you wanted to do. If you didn't have enough for the 90 seconds uh, of that, probably that what's all that was, um, why put it there? So I'm thinking that, you, and you get other jarring things, like like wrestlers saying, you know, she died because she loved the blacklist. No, she died because she, she was there to kill Red. Uh, well, he was running from a hospital after being the day that he was disconnected supposedly from this uh, respirator because he couldn't even breathe and they had a septic thing and all that. So it's it's all these things that are beginning to add up for me that what we think we saw is not what happened. And the story, and we are just getting like... It's almost like a matrix kind of thing. And then suddenly you see like a seam and the reality come through. And you say, whoa, wait a minute. That. Huh? <laughs> I was just thinking about the matrix. I was like, all right, when are they going to get red-pilled? <laughs> yeah. It's like at some point you're going to just go like, wait a minute, this is, doesn't fit. There's something here I'm not seeing. And, and 
you know, the scene of the plane with wrestler, the scene with that. Um, and, and same as, as for example, um, Agnes age, you could have a girl playing a, you know, an, uh, a younger, you could say that's eight and that's it. I mean, what are you going to say? The girl doesn't look eight. Yes, but you're determined that it's eight. I mean, even if it was something having to do with regulations and the kids, you know, playing her, I don't know what, what all the rules are right now. Yeah, but you could say that but, she's eight instead of saying she's 11. Cooper even said she's 11. Oh, did he say that? Yeah, she's oh, 11. So there is that. this weird thing. You could have, I mean, the actress playing Liz in, in 210 in the fire memories, she was almost nine and she was playing a five-year-old four-year-old and it's fine you accept it because they tell you you're five okay so you're five and you understand that child actors have you know in order to play something you have to be much older than the character playing it so that's my take that that whatever we think it's playing is not playing i i hope you're right i do it's, i i hope you're right and I, I will happily correct if you are. <laughs> um, I, I look forward to it because I, I don't, when I get on the negative train, I don't want to be right. It's just where I am with what I'm seeing. Um, so, I think... Uh, do, do you have anything else to add for this specific episode? For the Skinner? Well, I actually got to say, one scene that I really like was when Red got the tattoo. It felt... I never got the impression that the cabal was abandoned. I got the impression that it's still there. It is greatly in disorder. But it's still there. It came back when in the trial and kind of like they're mentioned and then nothing happened. I do think it's coming back and I do think it's the big body of this season is is gearing up for that. So he's getting that the two was you know, remember there was the, the cabal, the the affiliates and then the competition and I have a feeling that the skinners are a competition. And he has to, he tried by getting into the cabal and getting a seat at the table, but it was taken down. So now he's trying the competition. And that's what I feel that Red is not even trying that Katerina is moving the pieces. If that's true, I will, I will like that move. Um, I will have a much fonder appreciation for the Skinner. Because like I said, the whole idea of the Skinners is fun. And I liked the captain. I I even liked the idea of the the guy that the, wanted um, to just go back and be the the the, the condo yeah. president. Yeah, I was a criminal. Now I just am the condo president. Yeah, it's it's retirement for criminals. Um, yeah, I, and so I mean, I liked a lot of that. I just I didn't like. I felt like it fell short. So if it turns around, and and again, some of this stuff. Once we get answers down the road, how many times have I said, hey, you know, I'm not crazy about that. But then you come around and 
few episodes later, you're like, oh, that's what that meant. Okay. And I'm hoping we see that. Yeah, because um, it, it, just, it's the same thing with Dembe and the agent. He keeps saying, I'm an agent, I'm an agent, I'm an agent, I'm an agent. And he keeps going. And it's like, it just feels to me like, why do you need to say that so much? And um, protest and, too much. Unless, unless there is something, and and in the in the SPK, he said my being an agent is being a friend. So that's like the bells kept ringing in my the back of my head, and I'm not ready to get like super excited with theories, but it just feels to me that there is something going on behind the scenes, and the 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 feeling is getting stronger as we go along. It feels like that there is a, a an unseen hand moving puppet. I cannot hear you. Okay. Okay. Um, I am going to switch to my. Uh, hey, can you hear me? Yep, I hear you. There, you're back. Can you hear me? Yep. I'm gonna switch to this. Yeah, because you you were spotty and apparently I was spotty, and so give me just a second. I'm gonna switch um microphones to this. And so, and see if that helps. Okay. So, apologies, folks, if this (laughs) changes how I sound, um, having some technical difficulties. My my last rope that I wanted to go over for this really bleeds into the SPK episode. Um, And so, that's why I was asking if you were if you were good on uh, the Skinner, because I'd like to talk about. Dimbe and wrestler because that has been a very aggressive approach to them mm-hmm. and while I want to be angry at it I really do like every time I start going oh it's so forced I stop myself and go it's really not because wrestlers just doing what he always does he's rubber banding he is in turmoil. He is on drugs <laughs> again. Um, and he is in the wrong. He knows he's in the wrong. So he's doubling down on this image that he has of what a good cop should be. And we've talked about it before where wrestlers... It's okay if I if I thought that I killed the, the guy who... Kill my father, but it's not okay if Dembe is in uh, an FBI agent. Yeah, it's it's almost like it's about optics more than what's actually happening. As long as it's nobody knows, bandy. it's not really. Happening. Yeah, and so it's as much as I really, really want to like take your side full force on this. I I can't um, because he's doing what he does and I love him, but he's doing what he does. And I I can understand him questioning if if Dembe may have dual loyalties there, but the way he's approaching it in you shouldn't be an FBI agent. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. Dude, you stepped away. It was your choice, supposedly. Um, I, it, and he stepped also, away he, to be a garage mechanic and yeah. be back on drugs. Well, and this I mean, time he so, doesn't even have the uh, injury, the physical injury to like say, so, hey, you know what? 
Hmm? He did two years ago. I think that's probably where he started because he had the he got shot. His oh wait a minute, he was running and, from the uh, hospital, and now but but then he needed the drugs. How's that working? Oh no, I I think I think he got hooked. I think between the medication he was on then and losing Liz, he got hooked, and so that's what he's using. Um, and then he's just been using since then. And so adding for two years. That would be my guess. Yeah. Um, uh, my, my assumption is that he's been doing this for a couple of years now. And I, I think that he is pushing his choices. He doesn't want to face them himself. And so all that aggressive behavior that he, the, the, the judgment that he feels towards himself, he's projecting that on Dembe. And you're a bad person. You worked with Reddington and Reddington got Liz killed. So you shouldn't be an FBI agent. So clearly you're not a good guy. And it's, I think it's, it, it just, he, he's so frustrated with everything because it's not the way it should be. And he doesn't know how to handle that well. And he doesn't deal with that well because he has a very, picture perfect view of the world. He, he, let, he wants it to be black and white. He knows it isn't. He's experienced that it isn't. He has been willing to do things that are definitely not black and white. Well, now he's but, the one saying, we gotta break the door. We gotta do this. All these illegal things, but you gotta do them. Um, I, I found that the relationship with, with Park was interesting more interesting to me than wrestler because wrestler is just doing the same thing that he did before so to me it feels repeat it's the same i mean wrestler is back where he was right where where liz caught him and then this time is is park and alina is not liz she's not going to eat that stuff or he's gonna use him just the same as liz used him like i'm gonna just we're gonna just keep this little secret here and you're gonna do things for me Yeah, I mean, that's certainly, I mean, her her response was that, no, I don't have that, I thought I had the, the quotes down, but she, she says that, you know, I know, I know your secret, and I can keep, uh, I, she said, um, basically, she, it, it's on her if he gets his badge back or not, is essentially mm -hmm. what, what she yeah. tells him, and Um, and I know you're an addict, I know you were doing, and I know all your tricks, because I'm the daughter of an addict. Um, but she says she has the power to make sure he never gets his badge back again. I found that interesting when looking at the previous episode, in which uh, Red said something about her extracurricular activities. Mm -hmm. And so Red has something on her, she has something on Wrestler. And so we're, we're really building it up while the team's all back together, say, you know, Liz. Um, it's, it's also not. And everybody has a dirty little secret somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder what Cooper has. Well, obviously bad life choices. <laughs> bad parenting choices. Why? <laughs> oh my gosh. Actually, no, I honestly, like, I love Charlene and I blame Charlene for this. <laughs> well, Cooper, I understand because Cooper has been working with Red for years. He has a fondness for him. There's a friendship there. I like I can understand him giving towards Red. Charlene should have gone. Uh -uh. 
but but wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's just think about. Let's just think this. What does Charlene knows, and what does Cooper know? Because let's imagine that that they think that Red is just this this Russian dude who is uh, N13 and infiltrated that, and he's not related to Liz at all, and all that, right? Because that's the way it's supposed to be at the end, whatever it is, according to what they know, right? I mean, when they finish. They wasn't in Liz. They were in Liz's head in in Nakalo seeing the dead people and the disappearing people in the in the bunker and and the uh, and the dead and the young talking with the old and all that story that didn't have anything to do with canon for eight years. For so they don't know that the last time they heard Red is this Russian dude who's a mole who's has infiltrated the FBI and they infiltrated American intelligence and infiltrated Russian intelligence and Chinese intelligence. He's everywhere. He's like, yeah, he's a busy little uh, fairy uh, godmother um, infiltrating stuff and fluttering around. Um, so this guy is telling Cooper, hey, you know what? You know that girl that I just totally messed up her life yeah i would like to get in the life of the daughter please and cooper is like um oh sure sorry i said the fact that you he wants to do it unsupervised is so bizarre to me like that, that he just assumed he was gonna meet even if okay 11 sure whatever gonna meet this 11 year old kid that probably doesn't i mean she did obviously remember him but that shouldn't have remembered him and it's two years. Of course, she's going to remember him. Well, I guess so. Um, I, I was I was thinking a five year old. A five year old probably would not have retained those memories necessarily of a one time meeting. But um, it's especially so, the fact that she followed the trauma of her mother dying that day. But regardless, no matter if she would remember him or not, she's a young girl. In which, as far as anybody knows at this point, Red has no biological connection with. And even if he did, I don't understand why his go-to would be, yes, I would like to meet with this young child that I just got her mother killed alone. Because, because like, you're I, seeing... I know Red's seeing, not that type of person, but it sounds creepy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that... that okay, so do, do, let's divide by points of view, Okay. According, let's put ourselves in, not in Red's point of view, let's put ourselves in Cooper and Charlene. And this guy is, so if things are as they appear for them, Red has no relationship to Liz and much less relationship to, to, to uh, Agnes, correct? And this guy is saying, I'd like to be in her, you know, to, to meet her and, 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 you know, and so this Criminal on the run wants to meet this girl and Cooper says, oh, sure. And remember, it's not somebody that he believes is, is his father. It's a supposed stranger that has nothing to do with anything and just use them to get to whatever. Does that make any sense? And then Charlene says, yeah, sure, but you stay with them. Does that make any sense? Of course not. It's Total, complete nonsense. Now it doesn't, right? It doesn't. It doesn't fit. It that makes no sense. That's another one of what I call the matrix seams. 
you're seeing something that makes no sense. That only makes sense if Red is Liz's parent, I mean, his father, because I don't believe in Red Arena, is Liz's father. Cooper knows he's Liz's father and that he's keeping that secret from everybody. And Charlene knows who he is. And then he says, I want to see my grandchild. And, you know, they're like, he's a criminal but he's a grandparent I mean really uh, mm, okay you can see her supervise that makes sense that's the only way it does yeah I'm with you I, you know you may actually get me on this train that we're, we have huge missing pieces here I mean which would make sense with the two years you know and, and all and of I'm that not we, two years but four according to Agnes Ages well, I mean, like we know we're missing pieces because we don't know why Dembe left Red. We have no idea how that happened, how that went down. And, and how he became went, an agent in this in so fast a time. Exactly. And why there was just such such an odd reaction between them. Because when he sees Red in the post office, Red's very chilly towards him, like he has been personally offended by Jimbe. And when he talks to Weecha and says something like, hey, if you ever want to know what his likes and dislikes, I know what his likes and dislikes are. Okay, honey. You know, and it just, the, the chill between Red and Dimbe is very bizarre. And so we, we know something that we don't have answers for that. Potentially the Agnes age thing. I'm hoping that we don't, that there's something weird going on there because Otherwise, they just screwed up the ages, but I keep going back to what they did with Tom's age, so that's there's always that. Um, th there are just these little things that you may be right, and I hope you are. I hope we start to find these little pieces, because... What, what, res what wrestler said on the plane to Red was the same thing. It's like, uh, Liz died for the blacklist, uh, no, she died because she decided to ally herself with a freaking psychopath. That's why she died. It had nothing to do with the blacklist. Um, that's a reason, you know, and be because you don't count how many bodies you have. It's like, Ooh, wait a minute, I'm missing like the the the, the right hand guy of the, the of the bad guy. So maybe look for him before you are out in the park and things like that. And plus the fact that nobody has addressed the fact that Panna Baker delivered to them the notice that the Department of Justice issued a burn order on Liz. And nobody discussed that. It's like, why were you out there when you have a burn order and kill and eliminate and then dissolve the task force? So those are all those little jarring things are like just not sitting right i mean sure it could be a monumental uh pile of refuse uh and they just decided to take all the eight years of mythology and just you know do a lovely pie with it um to put in our faces or it could be that there is something we're not seeing we think we know what happened we're seeing results similar because Liz died but we don't know what really happened other than in this this matrix, this reality that we're seeing and not whatever it is behind that. 
And those little jarring moments are our our view into reality. Something like that. I don't know how to explain it, but I gotta say I loved seeing um, Stacy Keach back as Robert Vesco. I love that he. I mean his. His thing was perfect. This is a reuse of the Vem in which you use a bunch of religious fanatics and you just have them stealing stuff and he destroys it, but he doesn't. Um, and then he sells it. And then Red Face, when he saw like, oh, this got, got a lot more interesting. And, oh, and, and I, they I, I, I love Robert Vesco. I do. Yeah, I, I love that the fact. You know, that's interesting. That's another guy that just the in retirement and remember he just wanted to go home to his cat yes when we first met him yeah. <laughs> he was another, another I'm gonna kill the cat or, but, I'm, but I'll take him. the toes uh, and and there was something interesting in that he had to go to the bank in person to take the money out which is a funny thing to say uh, and you got the burns like like Dembe was with burns in the previous time so there there is a lot of things going on that all go back to the mythology that why are they putting those things in there if there's a reboot I mean is was there a need to have Dembe on a bed like oh my god and they come and they snip little pieces of dead skin and it's horrible and you know, and I'm in so much pain. Or was it there a need to uh, bring Vesco back and say, you know, remember that that's a guy that fake his death and has a dead body and then that turned out to be somebody else. And he had to go to a bank to pick up the money by himself, not with a double or by X person that says is him, uh, like was in, in. So they they keep going back. They keep bringing, they keep like, Getting that 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 um, fishing rod and bringing something back that has really not much to do with this episode, and then they bring it back and they say, "See, like here, you see this? Well, oh, no, now it's not there." The thing. Here's the thing for me. When I say it's like a reboot, I mean on the broader mythology. You've gotten me closer to thinking there's something deeper here with taking a, a different angle on the scenes that don't make sense than than the callbacks. The callbacks I'm not surprised at. They've always been good about callbacks. That that can just be fun. That can, you know, hear here's something for, for folks that have been with us the whole way. Um that I don't think for me is necessarily what would bring me over to oh, interesting. Okay. You've piqued my interest. It's taking a look at the the scenes that make absolutely no sense. Because we've got one of two things. Either what you're saying, which I hope you're right, or they've just given up. Oh, by now, <laughs> they're just, if not, they're just doing something like, okay, this is more or less the, the, the storyline, and you just write a scene, and, ah, you know, it just connects. If so, they're still here, they're not going anywhere. Right, yeah, whatever. And just keep putting scenes, have a dialogue. Red has a monologue. Then he kisses someone, uh, shows some burns, and wrap up. And there are network shows that are very much like that. That their their continuity sucks, and you just kind of go, okay, it is what it is, you know. And it's it's not for folks that are looking into the mythology, but this is. 
this has always been a deep, deep mythology show. This has always been geared towards folks that are looking for a deeper, uh, a deeper watch, you know, than someone's just kicking back and watching whatever. Um, and so I, I hope you're right because the alternative is not good. It's not pleasant. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have any other way to explain it. I'm not getting excited. I need to see probably six or more episodes before I can get an idea. But it feels to me that these things point us towards um, towards a deeper thing going on. And, and I hope uh, I'm finding, however, I got to say, um, the writing part much better. And I like yeah. that. Uh, well, she, she's just gotten more. Um, yeah, I mean, she, she's just gotten more screen time because Liz is gone. <laughs> um, that's really what it boils down to. They, they're giving her a bit more. Um, I just I just hope that they're not trying to make her Liz 2.0. It's, I went back and forth. Well, you and got I, the husband, was, the husband who has no idea that probably is also lying to her. Um, and she's doing things behind his back. Uh, and she has a side business that we have no idea what it is. So when I first watched this episode, I was very irked that she was the one that figured wrestler out about the drugs. Very, very irked because I felt like from from the emotional standpoint, you know, it could have been a Rom, someone that's known him for years, or Cooper that's known him for years, that knew him the first round through this, all of that. Um, but they never knew about the drugs. Ah, so uh, did they? Oh, only Liz. You're right. Um, okay, so let's let's take that out. Um, Dimbay would have been an interesting choice because he he could have. But that one created way too much. They needed a three. The, the blacklist always plays a, a, a triangle, not a direct confrontation. Let, let me let me get to the end of this, though. And I was thinking, oh, you know, Dembe would be interesting. And then I did the rewatch, and I, I caught the the bit with her talking about, I'm, I'm a drug addict's daughter. You know, mm-hmm. I know all the signs. And I was like, okay, this makes a little more sense. And I started thinking about it in the Red has something on her. She now has something on Wrestler. And it's like, okay, Alina makes a little more sense. Because when I first watched it, my thought was, they're just tossing her into Liz's position and being the one to help him through it, quote unquote. And then second round, I was like, okay, this makes a little more sense from the writing. So I'm a little more on board with Alina being the one that knows. But it took two watches through. It, it's what I've said about the blacklist for a long time. The blacklist is like, um, I, I explain it as, as a prism. And you take one element, and then you take that element, which is, for example, re- using wrestler using drugs, and you twist and twist and twist and twist. So you have Alina's being a, a, a drug addict's daughter, and then you have Liz finding the drugs, and then you repeat it with the drugs. And it's like you keep twisting it and seeing a different facet of the same thing. It's like they took each one of the elements and they just take it and explore it in many ways. And then they give you like so many parallels going back 
that you it's hard to know whether they're being repetitive or whether the repetition is an element that we should consider. And I think that until we get a bit more time, it's not going to be easy to decide. I will ask you, um, how did you feel about meeting Abram's parents for first time? Took it nine, took them nine seasons to get to meeting Abram's parents. Did you find that interesting? Did you like? I didn't did you, remark on it. Yeah, that that's honestly that's what I have in my notes. Was like I I was excited to to see his parents there, and I'm like, okay, cool, we're gonna get something deeper about him and. It was almost like they were there just for the sake of saying that he, they were there. There wasn't a whole lot to it. Um, I'm not sure why they were there suddenly in the middle of all of this. I'm and sure they were, they were going to find something out there. Um, I found it very interesting, the scene where he's with in the car and he's seeing the, the, the partner. It reminded me of Red uh, talking to... Um, to Anne on the phone while he's watching her. Yeah. I feel like we've seen other stuff like that too. Yeah. It's not new to to have that that kind of scene. It, it, it's it's a mis at this point is such a mystery. Um can we talk a little about the for the la the last thing I would like to talk about that scene on the plane with Red and Dembe and Vesco. Oh. Before we get there, um, connected with Aram, I, I do have a very happy note. Uh, okay. One of, the, one of the best moments I felt like in this episode was the Aram and wrestler moment. Um, that's it's one of those things that, like, th there wasn't anything immediate in there that said, like, there, there's a huge point to this. But it was still a very nice moment between them with... With the callback to this is when Aram came in and wrestler trying to, to give him a compliment and Aram rattling on like he mm -hmm. does. It just, it was a very and nice. And wrestler's like, okay, never mind. Yeah, but it was a nice little character moment. And mm -hmm. I, I hope we see, I, I've always been fond of those two, have, you know, felt like they could have a friendship and they never really have gone too deep into that. Um, with the exception of Aram, like, hugging him at one point and a wrestler's like never do that again <laughs> um you know i just i thought it was a very nice little moment and i really enjoyed it so yeah now we can go on to dembe okay before we get there let me ask you a, a question of of uh answer me do you think that wrestler will end the season betraying red or the task force I don't think I have enough information yet. How about Aram? I don't think Aram because he just gave up a bucket load of money because he feels like they do good. And so I think Aram is a lot less likely. I think Wrestler is incredibly damaged and volatile right now. And How so about Park? it it Park is a lot more likely. <laughs> um, and she may not necessarily um, 
she may not necessarily think of it as betrayal, but she she's definitely out there on that ledge. Um, so yeah, and she she's been known to to do things. Both she and Russell are both been known to do things that they know are wrong, they know are illegal, and they know are against you know the their place in the FBI and his law enforcement. And yet they've done it anyway out of self-preservation. Yeah. And I, I think that both of them have the potential. By the way, I forgot to mention earlier. I don't know why this popped into my head. There was a parallel in the, the Skinner conclusion episode that I mm-hmm. wanted to call out, besides the Diane Fowler parallel, was when Wrestler comes out with his gun and gives up his gun when the family's being held at gunpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a oh. season one with Liz. Oh, I so missed that. Yes. Oh my God. I missed that. That the is parallels. awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed that because I, I feel like at this point he's, he is really the most damaged soul we've got here. Um, I, I never thought, and I didn't say I enjoy it. Like, Oh, I'm so glad wrestlers in pain, but like, I never thought I would be <laughs> on board and acknowledging his pain because I'm not a Keenler shipper. Like my, my heart is not in that, but the way they have, I, I also think that wrestler was much more into her than she was into him. And so like the way this is all played out and the way the dominoes fell sorts, it has been very interesting to watch him this season and where he's going. That ties back around to I I could see I could see him doing something that would put everybody in danger definitely walking out on that ledge. Uh, that that scene at the at the plane was very interesting. It was because Red it, doesn't need that money yet. It's a question of, I mean, he's always been very punctilious about getting the money back. So, um, I think it was interesting that Red did not realize that that Dembe was in there completely, that he assumed that, like everybody else, that he was not who or doing what. And then he said something like, me being an FBI agent is... It's uh, I think that the, and then I I love how Vesco immediately they to say no 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 it's not me you have to arrest you have to arrest this guy. Yeah. You, you well, it was in, it was an, I basically it was an interesting moment for me that he went there and arrested Vesco in the in the plane. Um. Yeah. And that Red uh, allowed him to be, because he could have had Wichelo just, like, try to shoot him or whatever. Um, I don't think that Red would have done that to Dembe. Um, I, I thought it was interesting for me that he called on loyalty. He said, yes, you're an FBI agent, but loyalty, that's something else entirely. And so it reminded me of the loyalty above all else. Mm-hmm. And so he... Whatever happened between him and Dembe to make the relationship so chilled, not not chilled as in, yeah, everything's good, chilled as in, like, cold and, and distant. Mm-hmm. Um, he still believed that when push came to shove, that Dembe would choose him over the FBI. And 
I thought that was interesting. And to your point, the comment about, you know, this is an act of friendship to Dimbe by doing what he was doing. I think he, he believes he was being loyal to both. Yeah. And that is an interesting part. And I part. don't know. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things I'm putting a pin into it because I don't know how. Yeah. It's. I, I don't know. I can see how he would see it as an act of loyalty to the FBI, to the task force. You, but you, I, there, there's something there that we're not seeing yet. You know what this reminds me of or what I just felt like this was what I was seeing? You know how Liz before was the one in the dark being kind of manipulated by Red? It feels to me that Red now is the one in the dark being manipulated by a force above him. I hope so. That was so Red is a new list. But still, if it gets him in the dark and gets a taste of his own medicine, I'll be very happy with that. (laughs) So that's all I got. Yeah, that covers pretty much everything I have, too. Oh, uh, last thing. Last thing here. Um, There was some odd wording. Okay. I'm always up for you at the beginning. Yeah. Um, At the beginning, wrestler was, um, it was when they were in the test or in in the the post office and wrestler was grumbling at, at Dimbe about being an FBI agent. You know, how can we know we can trust you, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, Cooper said, until he gives us reason not to. He said, until he gives us reason not to, to trust him, not unless. And I thought that was a very interesting choice of words. Until makes it sound sound like it's inevitable. This is going to happen. And until then, you know, you've got a pet tiger. Is he going to bite you? Well, he hasn't yet, but he probably will. And that's. So it seems like Cooper knows more than he actually seems to do. Maybe. And it was just very interesting wording. It stood out to me. And. I, I, I've had some issues with stiff dialogue since the season came back because stiff dialogue drives me up the wall. But I don't think that's what that, that was. I think that was very. it sounded very intentional. Yeah. Very in- and I don't know why. It was it it's something I definitely have a pin in. Yeah, it reminds me a bit of um Red reminds me a little bit of Dom like going into the wild wilderness to to bide his time and you getting um so it's almost like like them going into the FBI is is almost like the new red. There is there is a, a shuffling of of roles. The roles that they play. Could, could be um power more than than roles. There's a shift, a subtle shifting of power in which I'm feeling that hand moving red and moving the pieces. And I have a feeling that will be Katarina. I hope so. Um, because at this point, if we don't get her, like, 
what what have we done? <laughs> I need Katarina. <laughs> like, yeah. give me that. That's all I'm asking. Like, that's that's what I'm asking for at this point. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that that's all I've got. That was my last piece. Yeah, that's all I got. I'm sure that you know, it, as the season goes in, it will be easier to get back into the normal stuff. It still, for me, feels, you know, like okay, I'm noticing these things. They look cool. I am not getting overly excited over them until I know where I am. Uh, yeah, it's there's a bit of self-preservation going on from my point of view because I've, I've been so devastated by <laughs> the way the end of season eight happened. I just I remember, Tessa, was it you that, that texted me and you said, you're not going to be sad, you're going to be angry? Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Um, because I out on the West Coast, we're two hours... No, I guess we're three hours behind when it, when it, um, aired, yeah. airs, um, because like if it airs at eight o'clock Eastern time, it doesn't aid, it doesn't air here on the West coast until eight Pacific time. And so like, I had people saying, do you need warnings? What can we do for you? <laughs> and so like, you're going to be pissed. And mm-hmm. she she knew me when Tom died. She knew how sad I was over it. And I was. I was deeply saddened by it. And she was right. I was. I mean, I was sad when Liz died, but I was more pissed off because of the, what still feels to me to be an utter lack of meaning in her death. And so I, I will we'll see where this goes. I have, I, I'm, I'm a ter- terribly hopeful person. It's a it can be a downfall of mine because I go, Oh, glimmer of hope. Take hold of this. And then I get burned again. And so, so take I, it with trying, a grain of salt. It's just there. Yeah. I mean, it's worth noting. It, it definitely is. And so, I mean, but you know, I, I would like to enjoy watching this show. I, this has been one of my favorite shows over the years and we've sunk a lot of time and emotional energy yeah. into it. It's, yeah. We I've got to say, I haven't enjoyed it much, but I, it, the last one didn't feel as a chore to watch. Agreed. Agreed. And I so, don't think the Skinners would have been if they had been combined into one episode. They just stretched it out way too far. Yes. So. All right. Well, you guys can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. You can talk to us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. And Tessa is also on Reddit. I am also occasionally. Yes, because I'm I'm on Reddit, but the likelihood is I don't know how to use it. Uh, there is an interesting thing, and let us know if you would be interested. Um, it looks like Twitter has a new feature in which you can have group conversations. I think it's all audio. I have not been able to test it. If anybody would like to help me test it, let me know. It's something we might potentially look at if if there's any interest. Yeah, to take a couple of questions on on each episode about about the um whatever. Yeah. We're open. All right. So until, until next, next week. All right, bye-bye. Bye.